Hey guys, welcome back and thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Sherry. Today we're going to discuss a woman who had a lot going on in her life. She disappeared on September 10th, 2001 in New York City. Obviously, many folks did the next day and many are unaccounted for and accounted for. Snail was never found. No remains, no identification. She may not even be dead at all. My sources are listed in the description area of the video. This is the case of Snea Ann Philip. I did not know the exact pronunciation of her name. I haven't seen any inter interviews with her parents. It seems like the most common pronunciation is Snea, so that's what I'll continue to call her. I know some of you guys panic when I mispronounce a word, so I want to give that disclaimer. This story takes place in 2001. We are all familiar with what happened on September 11th. And for those listening who are old enough to remember that day, I'm sure you can remember exactly what you were doing when the terrorist attacks took, took place. I was working this shitty job in a factory. I was 20 years old and my son was only 18 months old. He was with a babysitter that day. I remember it all very clearly. The whole world was watching in disbelief. Life has forever been changed since that day. Let's jump back to that time before September 11th and discuss what was going on in the world. This was a pretty busy year. Shrek was released, which was a cinematic masterpiece, one of my favorite movies. This was also the year of Harry Potter. The first generation iPod was released for $399. Dale Earnhardt passed away. Aaliyah died in a plane crash. Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise split up. George W. Bush was inaugurated, and lastly, the 20 people accused of witchcraft and executed during the Salem witch trials were all found innocent in 2001, which is a little late, but I'm glad that they were recognized. Snea Ann Philip was born October 7, 1969. She was born in India and lived there shortly until her parents decided to come to the U.S. They moved to upstate New York. I don't know a lot about Snea's upbringing. There's not a lot of info out there. I do know she graduated high school and went to John Hopkins University. Once she graduated from there, she enrolled in Chicago School of Medicine in 1995. There she met a man named Ron Lieberman. Ron was a medical student there who was a year behind Snea. They are attending the school because they want to be doctors. Snea was fascinated with the medical field. It takes a special person to work in healthcare. I know it's something I'd never be able to have a career in. Thank goodness for people like Snea and Ron who pursue, pursue their dreams as doctors or nurses. Snea and Ron began dating. They both had a lot of activities outside of school. Ron was a musician. Snea enjoyed painting. Now, Snea, again, is one year ahead of Ron in school, so she decides she wants the two of them to graduate together. So she goes to Italy and stays there for a year, traveling around and just being a long-term tourist. During this time, Ron was still in school at the Chicago School of Medicine, catching up to Snea. Afterwards, Snea flies back to the U.S. and the two graduate together. They decide they're going to settle in New York City. Ron and Snea get married in 2000. The wedding combined both traditional Jewish and Indian elements. Snea wore traditional Indian jewelry, and it was a lovely wedding. Ron gets an internship at Jacoby Medical Center, and Snea gets an internship at Cabrini Medical Center. 
Their one-bedroom apartment is on 19th Street, which is two blocks from the World Trade Center. I've actually seen this building in lots of footage um, of the September 11th morning. You can see the building is like, it's not that far away at all. I can't fathom what their rent must be there living in the heart of New York City, but these two are doctors. They're fine. Snea's parents and her brother live close by. Her brother is only two blocks away, I think in the opposite direction of the World Trade Center. So they're all pretty close. And they visit all the time. Things seem to be okay, except Snea had things going on in her life that were taking a toll. It's been brought up that Snea was more or less spiraling out of control leading up to September 11th. I want to emphasize there's no judgment whatsoever coming from me. You guys know I'm very empathetic to many different walks of life. Every person has their issues and we all go through things. In the spring of 2001, this is about five or six months before Snea's disappearance, Snea is fired from Cabrini Medical Center. The reason is excessive tardiness, and she was cited for having alcohol-related issues. Now, it wasn't like she was fired on the, on the spot, but instead she was told her contract would not be renewed. Snea's parents disputed this, though. They say the reason for her firing wasn't because of this at all. The real reason is because she was a whistleblower about racial and sexual biases going on in the hospital. The hospital claimed they had no formal complaints by Snea. After she is told her contract would not be renewed, she heads to a bar with some of her coworkers where she claimed that she was groped by a man who was a fellow intern. She calls the police and an investigation takes place and the man was cleared of all charges. Snea refuses to recant her story and spends the night in jail for filing a false police report. She would have had the charges dropped if she would have recanted, but she was insisting she really was touched inappropriately and was telling the truth. Ron and Snea were having some marital issues as well. Even though they'd only been married for a short time, Snea liked to go out alone to New York City gay bars and would go home with various women. According to Ron, she wasn't out having affairs. She would go home with these women just to talk and paint and listen to music. Ron said his wife is not bisexual and would not cheat on him. He says the reason she liked gay bars was because she didn't have to worry about men groping her. Now, Snea's brother, who I told you lived close by, he actually discovered Snea having sex with his girlfriend when he came home one day. They were not speaking to each other around the time of her disappearance. This was brought up in the NYPD investigation into her disappearance, but Snea's brother disputed it and said it never happened. But for some reason, it was included in the police report. It could be the police found text messages or something that would make them put that in the report. I don't know the answer to that, so I can't really speak anymore on that topic, but I don't know why the police would fabricate something like that. Snea gets another internship at St. Vincent's Hospital. This is a clean start for her but there were going to be strict stipulations. She began having the same issues there that she had at the previous hospital. She's tardy a lot. She ends up getting suspended for missing a meeting with a substance abuse counselor. On the morning of September 10th, 2001, Snea is home. She was suspended from work, so she's just going to have a relaxing day, but first she has to get something over with. She has court that morning from that false police report filing. Her and Ron attend court, and I read two reports that they fought while they were walking out of the court, like loud arguing in public. Um, Ron is pissed about the going out all night and the drinking, and they're just both pretty mad. 
Ron leaves and goes to work at the emergency room, and Snea storms off. This has been contradicted. I read also that her and Ron went out to breakfast afterwards, so I don't really know which one of those is the case. But either way, Snea goes home afterwards. She plays with her cats for a bit. Then she starts cleaning the apartment. This is a Monday, and on Wednesday, Snea's cousin was going to come in from out of town to visit. So she wants to make sure everything looks good before her cousin gets there. She repotted some plants and did some completely normal tasks around the apartment. And then at 2 o'clock p.m., she sent her mother an instant message on the computer. Her and her mom ended up messaging back and forth for two hours. They talked about Ron playing music at a bar the previous week and how much fun they had. They talked about her upcoming plans for the week. The only thing that her mom said that stood out was that she mentioned one day soon she wanted to go to the Windows of the World, which is an upscale restaurant on the top floor of the North Tower in the World Trade Center. Finally, at 4 o'clock p.m., she says goodbye to her mom and logs off the computer. Snea has some errands to run. She leaves her purse and pretty much everything she owns at the apartment. The only thing she takes is her American Express card. And actually, this was Ron's American Express card. My, my bad. <laughs> her apartment building surveillance camera catches her leaving the building at 5.18 p.m. She drops off some dry cleaning, and then she goes to this little clothing store called Century 21, which is her favorite store, and everyone knows her there. It's strange because I always thought Century 21 was a real estate company. Apparently, there's a store named Century 21 as well. To get to this store, Snea has to walk a few blocks, and it's right past the World Trade Center. As a side note, I think it would be amazing to live in a city like New York City. I wouldn't even need to own a car. Around 6 o'clock p.m., Snea uses the American Express card to pay for her stuff. She bought lingerie, pantyhose, a dress, some linens, and three pairs of shoes. The total comes to $550. The cashier said she thought she saw a young Indian woman shopping with Snea, but this person has never come forward, nor do we know that this person was even with Snea. Snea is seen on the surveillance footage from the store. You can see a shot of her on your screen looking at clothes hanging on the racks. This is the last confirmed sighting of Snea. The bags that the, contain the clothing and linens she bought have never been found. No one has seen her since she was in that store. Ron comes home from work around midnight and Snea isn't home. He figures she's off spending the night with someone she met at a bar or she's staying the night at her brother's house, which she's done before many times. He's annoyed, but he's tired, as I imagine anyone who would be working 12-hour shifts in an emergency room in New York City would be. He's just going to go to bed. She'll be home in the morning like she always does, except Snea never came home. Ron wakes up early on September 11th, 2001, and heads back into work at 8 a.m. You guys know what happens next. At 8.46 a.m., that beautiful Tuesday morning, American Airlines Flight 11 crashes into the North Tower of the World Trade Center. 17 minutes later, at 9.03 a.m., United Airlines Flight 175 crashes into the South Tower. New York City was like a nightmare. Two towers came tumbling down. It was total chaos. Ron is at the hospital, and remember, he and Snea's apartment was two blocks from the World Trade Center. He wants to get to the apartment to see if Snea ever came home and if she's okay. That wouldn't be easy, though. In fact, it's nearly impossible to do so. Ron is calling their apartment, but there's no answer. 
He calls her family, and they haven't heard from her either. A lot of these phone calls weren't going through, though. The phone lines in New York were completely jammed that day, plus the largest cell phone tower was on top of the World Trade Center, which wasn't there anymore. Ron rides along in an ambulance, and it takes six hours to make it from his hospital in Staten Island because of the rubble and all that's happening. He makes it to the apartment, but he wasn't able to get inside because the power is out. The locks on the apartment building's door were, rent, were run by power. He hopes and prays Snea is just inside the building and not able to get out. The building is still stand, standing and intact, so she's safe in there. Ron had one of those pen lights that can shine a red light a long distance. He pointed it towards some neighbor's windows, and one finally leans out of the window. He asked him to run over to his apartment building and bang on the door and see if Snea was there. The neighbor comes back to the window and said there was no answer. Ron stays the night at a friend's house. And the next day, on September 12th, Ron is able to get in the apartment finally. He discovers a window was left open. He walks in, and it was like something out of an apocalyptic movie. The whole apartment was covered in ash and soot. Every floor, every object that was sitting out in their apartment just completely covered. There's no footprints in the ash except for the cat's paw prints. He knows Snea hasn't been here. At this point, no one has seen or heard from Snea for two days. Remember, her last confirmed sighting was at 6 o'clock p.m. on September 10th when she was leaving the clothing store. The only other possible sighting came from surveillance footage from outside the apartment on September 11th at 8.43 a.m. Three minutes before the plane would hit the World Trade Center, a woman who looks a lot like Snea is seen on camera in front of the apartment building. The woman goes into the building, stands in front of the elevator for a few minutes, and then walks back outside and is never seen again. Although the woman appears to look like Snea, she's wearing similar clothes, her hair kind of looks like Snea's, you can't really tell whether it's her or not, because what was happening was the sun was hitting the camera at just the right time, so there's like a glare, so it's kind of ma makes her hard to see. The woman on the camera and on the camera isn't carrying the shopping bags from the day before. Ron is convinced this is his wife, though. During this time, it's nearly impossible to report Snea missing. There's so many people that are unaccounted for. You can't just simply walk into a police station and say, "Hey, my wife's missing. She disappeared the night before." There is way too much going on at this time in New York City. Ron used his doctor credentials to get into triage tents and search amongst the victims for Snea, but there was no sign of her. Eventually, they are able to report her missing, but they aren't getting much attention because she went missing on September 10th and not September 11th. The police are really only interested in victims from the World Trade Center, so Snea's brother does something that he would later regret. He tells the police a lie. He tells them that he was on the phone with Snea the morning of September 11th, and she said she was trying to save people in the destruction. Now the police are interested. Now they see her as a hero who was saving people. Her picture is on the news. Missing person flyers go up. This lie her brother told did get her a lot of attention, but it hindered the real investigation and the real story that she disappeared the night before. I've read that this was Ron's idea for her brother to report her missing and not mention she disappeared on the 10th. Ron gets a bicycle and rides through the city, which is completely unrecognizable. He tries to talk to reporters about his missing wife, but once they realized she disappeared the night before, the interest was gone. 
Ron takes off work for the next month so he can search for his wife full time. When Ron returns to work, his coworkers tell him how they can't imagine what he's going through. I've heard those exact words before, and I 100% agree with Ron's response to them. I wish I would have said this to folks. Ron says, when people say, I can't imagine it, I say, try, try to imagine it, and it will enrich your life. Ron moved in with Snea's family so he could have support and he could support them. He was terrified that Snea was going to come home to their apartment and he wouldn't be there, though. Months and months go by and there's still no sign of Snea. Ron and Snea's family hire a private investigator to do his own search since the police are so wrapped up in finding the real victims of the World Trade Center. The private investigator and Ron trace all of Snea's activities from September 10th. The woman who owns the store that Snea was last seen in calls Ron and says, yes, Snea was in her store that evening. She spent $550 and paid for it using Ron's American Express card. The woman said there was another Indian woman who with her who was short and had short hair. Whoever this woman is has never come forward. Many think Snea may have been leaving her life behind to start a new life with this woman. Still to this day, 20 years later, she has not been identified. Ron was cleared as a suspect very early on, so was the rest of her family. I'm interested in why, if Snea was seen on the security camera the morning of September 11th at her apartment, where were the bags she had from the night before? I feel like whoever this mystery woman is, she is the key to knowing what happened to Snea. I do think it's important to note that Snea only left her house on the 10th carrying Ron's American Express card. She left her purse, her driver's license, her passport, her contact lens case, her glasses. All of her belongings were in the apartment. So if she was planning to disappear, she certainly wasn't prepared. There was also no searches on her computer that set off any bells either. She wasn't researching how to disappear or any international countries. That American Express card has never been used again either, and her social security number has never had any hits. Snea's family is adamant she was killed in the rubble while helping victims. They see her as a hero who ran into the flames and used her wisdom as a doctor to save people. They say it was in her DNA as a doctor to help those hurting and fighting for their lives. Ron and her family also believe that the reports of her excessive drinking, possible extramarital relationships, job firing, and depression have nothing to do with her disappearance. Initially, Snea's parents and husband did not want her name on the list of victims, thinking she might return one day. Her name was added to the list, and for two years, she was honored at the commemoration event. Then one day it was removed. It was removed because there was no tangible evidence that she died at the World Trade Center because she disappeared the day before. When I came across this next part, I got chills. There's a website called Post Secret. What it is is you send an anonymous postcard and it gets uploaded onto the website. Well, one day the website shares this anonymous postcard and it's an artist drawing in like a old school sepia tone, it shows the World Trade Center with smoke bellowing out of it. And it had the caption, everyone who knew me before 9-11 believes I'm dead. A lot of folks seem to think that this postcard was sent in by Snea. Obviously, it was sent in anonymously, so we'll never know if it was her. Ron still visits Snea's family every year. He ended up remarrying and still works as a physician 
he has a young daughter now. According to Snea's family, he calls them all the time and is still considered family to them. If Snea is alive today, she is 52 years old. Rest in peace to every single victim of that fateful day's tragedies. You were all remembered and you were all loved and missed. Take care and much love to you all.